Welcome to the Straight Cut. I am Aaron. And this is Mark. And we have two guests uh, with us tonight. Two. Two. Numero dos. One was not enough, so we thought we had two. <laughs> and our first one is? Mr. Tim Grissom. He's a returning guest, one of our favorite people. He, he was on five or six episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, uh, the book episode, which actually, I mean, writer a, lot of people, a lot of people actually enjoyed yeah. So. I did. That was fun. Uh, I good, to, good to be back. That was yeah, the last one I've oh. actually listened to. Was his. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so, so far behind. I'm, I'm so far behind our show too. But the thing is, you know, when I edit, I've already listened to it. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, whatever. Yeah. And then our other guest is Mike Willingham. Mike Willingham. So uh, we are discussing a topic that you actually brought to the table. Yeah, uh, I did. Tonight, I did. Um, these are um, these are two of my guys in the back. So. Um, and Mike and Tim and I regularly have conversations about everything and anything a couple times a week until, uh, till things got disrupted. Um, and two people that, uh, I enjoy talking about a lot of things with, but in particular, one of the conversations that we regularly have that I think is most interesting is leadership. Yes. And because you both are, uh, in leadership roles in your company. And, um, within, and we all have different styles and I think it'd be interesting to, we both are, uh, I don't want to say learn it, but we we read about this topic. Right. This is a topic important to us, mm-hmm. something we talk about. So I'm looking forward to, uh, um, we, we talk, we've talked for hours on this topic. So yeah, you're going to get four different perspectives four different. and four different, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. professional areas and yeah. everything. Absolutely. But tonight we are smoking a, the, uh, back to back LE 2019. Um, have any of y'all had this cigar? I, did, I have not. I didn't know it existed. All right. So I'm, so I'm the only one that's had it before. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know. I, I didn't want to go anything too heavy, too spicy for, you know, the, the guests tonight. So I was like, you know what, let's go something nice, a little lighter and mild. And You're honestly, at me when you say <laughs> we, are. we are, but I mean, honestly, we do smoke a lot of heavier stuff just because it fits our palate. So this is a nice change for even us, you know, as the, uh, you know, as the host of the show, which, uh, I've had this one one time before and I, I really liked it. So. Yeah, so cigar that I'm glad that three of y'all have never had. So it's kind of like a, what we do on our uh, our uh, LCC review. You know, yes, we're getting is. we're gonna get some new uh, new perspectives on this one, and we'll go from there. It is. Um, it is. A, it's Connecticut, and um, it it is starting very mild, but it's got some nice flavor to it. I'm not I'm I'm not picking up. Uh, a lot of strength, but it's a yeah. nice creamy start. This is by far the lightest cigar that I've had today. Um, I've been up here since 8 o'clock this morning, so this is number 8 for me. Yeah. So <laughs> my palate is maybe a little shot, but uh, it's I'm, I'm getting some creaminess. But we'll we'll dive into uh, the cigar and the blending and all that uh, later on. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> zigzag our way through everything. Yes, we will. <laughs> so the first thing is, since, Mike, you haven't been on the show before, uh, we got a few questions. We always ask our new guests and everything. Great. Um, and, uh, I mean, you've you've known what we do and everything like that. So just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your first cigar. So uh, I'm born and raised in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, right now I work for a company, a medical company uh, here in Little Rock. And uh, we do workers' comp. And so I do operations and business development there. My first cigar 
is also my most memorable cigar. Oh, a two for one. All a right. two for one. So I was living in Dallas and uh, had never smoked a cigar before, and a bunch of guys got together to watch a UFC fight, grill some steaks, and that was my first cigar. And uh, how long ago was that? That was probably fifteen years ago. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do, you, do you do you know what it was? I have no idea what it was. It was it was one <laughs> it was it, it was my leaf. most memorable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I know you. I mean, you you now work in this um, medical workman comp company. You yeah. You've done a ton of different things. I mean, you have such a wild. Tim and I have like single threaded, and Aaron as well. Yeah. Single threaded back. I zigzag. <laughs> you did. You zigzag. <laughs> so so walk us through a little bit. I mean. So I started my career off in uh, actually the jewelry business, diamond business. Uh, did that on the front lines and on the corporate side uh, for a few years. And then uh, transitioned to medical sales uh, probably my mid-30s and uh, held executive positions there. Then uh, got out of that and went into pawn, the pawn business, opened pawn shops. Yeah. Uh, with a friend of mine, and uh, we sold those, uh, I guess, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. So you, uh, uh, a very famous pawn shop, I, I pawn. A very famous pawn shop, <laughs> I pawn, Arkansas. Yeah, uh, right down the road here. Yes. And so you you were on the TV. I, I know when I wasn't getting the mic fix up here, I could still see you on TV. Absolutely. I, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got your mic fixed but, no matter where you were. Yeah, you were. You but were. It, it, we brought that the topic of tonight leadership kind of into the end of the pawn business and, and kind yeah. of changed that up a little bit and uh, had some high end stores for a pawn shop. Cause I know this isn't your first podcast. Cause you sent me a link to a podcast you were on about the pawn industry, right? Where you talked a lot about leadership in particular in the pawn industry about how you grew sales and a lot of yes. that thing in there. I'm really interested cause I know you have a lot of different experience. And that, you know, Tim, uh, with your experience being different in, in a, in, I don't want to say a nonprofit, but in a, in a, in a faith-based organization. Yeah. Nonprofit, faith-based, and usually leading creative teams, which is right. unique as well. Totally so, different. Yeah. So uh, three yeah. different people. And that's, that's one of the reasons that I think our conversations at times and Aaron who's leading, and I, I don't want to leave Aaron out, although I can't see him because <laughs> of our two mic stands. I mean, you're, you're leading uh, you're leading construction. Yeah, yeah. I'm leading. Uh, it's it's kind of like a front end lead. It's kind of like I won't. I wouldn't expect anything for my guys to do that I wouldn't do myself or have done myself. Sure. Um, so it's not behind a desk. It's more on the front line. Yeah. A little bit side. Um, I guess that's where it might differ a little bit. Sure. Well, before before we get into the leadership conversation, uh, Mike, I know what you smoke because you and I smoke a ton of cigars together. But what kind of cigars do you smoke on a regular basis? What you know? What, what are your go-to types? What kind do you like? What What are you smoking? Well, so my uh, my palate is pretty wide, but my go-to is the Perdomo Small Batch. Yeah, you. It's um, my everyday smoke. And I, I'm just going to call you out on there because I want this <laughs> written down. You suck because you and I uh, buy them out of these damn cigars. <laughs> we do, <laughs> <laughs> and we compete over those. Yeah. Um, that's such a perfect morning cigar. I and mean, you and I have talked about a, a cup of coffee and, and uh, just so uh, I am the number one Perdomo consumer yes, here. You are, well, Sean. and also you not are. not many other people have Perdomo's number on speed dial. So. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. You know, I don't think Nick calls me up, say, hey, I need a diamond that's this size. Can- <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he, you are a uh, true Nick Perdomo guy. I am. So you, yeah. you went, you've, you've been to his factory in Nicaragua. Three times. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. So I can I, almost give the tour. <laughs> well, I'm just tapping out right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, other than Perdomo small batch, which is the obvious answer, what else do you smoke? I like the, so I kind of change it up a little bit, but I've been on the Liga Provada number nine mm-hmm. here nice. lately. Nice. So kind of like the small batch, but completely <laughs> on the completely other, other side of the door. <laughs> just like that, but totally different. <laughs> totally yeah. different. Yeah. But what did you cut your teeth on? Come on now. Do we have to go there? <laughs> I just, hey, hey, hey it's hey. my show. <laughs> so my first cigar was a regular cigar that I mentioned, UFC fights, but when I started smoking cigars on a regular basis, it was the Java. All right. Mm. You know what? It has its time and place. It does. It's a good starter than, cigar. Yeah. Other than it's the box press and it gets squishy, because mm-hmm. yeah. I like the uh, the other one that's actually more traditional. But the those, the tobacco, the tobacco yeah. special. Yeah. Um, there's time when that sort of uh, coffee Java uh, is is just yeah. exactly. The, I, of the flavored cigars, which I'm not particularly a fan of, um, that's the one I will smoke. And I, I do have a in a sealed bag in a separate place because I don't want it to. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, yeah. I, I don't I don't yeah. No, I mean it's I mean I, I I rib them a little bit, but it's one of those things you know we've said Although, on every time. Smoke what you like. Yeah, the Java Mint doesn't mean you won't be made fun of. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, we make fun of Tim for the uh, for the light smoke. So. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, as, as we sort of get into this and we start talking about this, um, I know we, the, the first thing is what got you interested in leadership? And I'm going to start with Aaron, um, and, and what kind of, what kind of brings you to that? And I know you're going to be sort of the, 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 the I'm, I'm kind of the odd man out, but it's yeah. kind of like, it's not, it's not something that I was drawn to originally. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I was kind of forced into doing it. Um, you know, I've been in construction for 20 years, roughly. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had my own shop before. Um, I don't want to have my own shop again. What I've said, I like, I've never, I never want to be a number one again, but I am a great number two. Um, you know, the owner of our cabinet shop, um, you know, it's my job to take, to take pressure and worry off his shoulders and I can do that and I can delegate. Um, but it, you know, starting even, you know, 10, 15 years ago when I was only 20 in an old man's game of, you know, high end carpentry and stuff like that, you know, it's something that I just kind of fell into naturally. Um, you know, being of the younger side and having 40, 50 year olds, that are, you know, quote unquote underneath me, you know, I have, I had to step up big to show them like, Hey, I'm not just here to dick around. I'm here to, you know, I, it's my job to put out the best product that I can. And I'm going to show you how to do it the best way. And I'm going to not, you know, just put you out there to the wolves. You know, I want people to watch me. I want them to do as I do. If you find another way how to do it better than me, by all means, show me and I'll, and I'll adapt my, my ways. But it's, you know, I expect perfection out of myself. So I want perfection out of the people who I have to lead, you know, because because if I expect out of them, I expect out of me first. And I, you know, I strive for that all the time. 
So, because we were talking about this yesterday, and I, I'm going to lead, so we all just are yeah. aware of that. Um, <laughs> this is this will be the atypical show. Yeah. <laughs> but this is, um, and you can cut that part or leave that part in. Um, you'll no, you're, you're leading. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. But, and we um, don't have a choice. Yeah. You don't have a choice. But that <laughs> is, out. that's why a lot of really great basketball players, that's, that's, some of them make great leaders and some of them yeah. don't because, you know, you're really good at the job. And so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of, this is the way to do it. Now do it this way and s- stop. Yeah. You have, you have your Jordans out there that are taking the shots all the time. You have your Rodmans, you know, that are assisting on, you know, going to put up assist numbers. They're going to put up the, the, the rebound numbers. That's more of the role that I like, like better just because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't have a complete team with just, you know, point guards. You have to have every position field. And my position is just, you know, I, I roam, I'm always on the court, but you know, I, if I see where a hole can be plugged, I'm going that way. And if I, and yeah, and I can, you know, I can drag somebody by the shirt collar be like, Hey, you're coming with me. We're going to do this. We're going to knock this out and then, you know, go on your merry way. So I'm in, and we, uh, I'm going to go with Mike next. Um, cause you and I talked about it. I know you have a pretty good answer to this, but, um, I can go next or you can go next. Um, it's your call. Are you, you want me to go first? What's the question? It is what got you interested in leadership? Mike? Oh, so I got interested in leadership because I started my career off in jewelry, but and I was managing people, and I saw I was a manager, and I wasn't being very successful at managing people. And so I, I just started reading about leadership and, and listening to people. So what were some of the early books that what were some of the early books that you read? Good to Great. Good to Great is, a, is a, I enjoy, I liked that book. Yeah. That's a great book, and and that's something I I, I try to read every few years. Um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah, try to read that once a year. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, the other one I always throw out, and I know it's not necessarily a, a leadership book, but it's Carnegie's uh, Dale Carnegie's uh, How to Win Friends and Influence, Influence people. people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so early on, you just were a manager, and you were learning. Uh, and, and seeing that and I was terrible at managing and leading so I when I moved to the corporate office of the company I was working for the jewelry company the the president of the company took a special interest in me and that's really when I started learning about leadership because I, I like relational I can read books but I'd rather sit down and have a conversation and so he mentored you yeah. and that gave you feedback on, on why things weren't going yeah well. yeah cool Tim, from your point of view, you managed it. Mike and I manage um, <clears throat> technical people, right? Right. right. Are, are people who do things. Mm-hmm. Not to say your people don't, but they're creative. <laughs> but they're creative people, right? Right. Um, how is manage? You know, so, what got you interested in in managing? I guess let me start with that question yeah. on you. Yeah. How did you get interested? I know you're very interested in it. Yeah. Well, um, honestly. I, it was one of those interests that I had that I didn't realize I had, if that makes sense. Um, because just being led by some really bad bosses early on in my work career, honestly, and being led by some really good ones. And then just kind of uh, evaluating my responses to those bosses. Like, why did that, why did he get angry? Why did he, uh, um, you know, or why didn't, why did he make that decision and not this decision? 
why did I get irritated with him? Why didn't I accept that as a good directive or whatever? And then just observing my colleagues, how they responded to the boss. So was it just me or was that, is he just a bad boss? You know, is he making, uh, so a lot of it was just experience just of being led by some well and by some pretty poorly, quite honestly. Yeah. And I assume the guy who mentored you, Mike, was a good leader? Because, I mean, if he's mentoring you, that is leadership and not managing? Absolutely. He was great. He was a great leader. Okay. You want to call him out or no? I mean, he's probably not. His name's Charlie Fieramosca. Okay. He was president of Bailey Banks of Biddle. Because I always say, you know, um, and this is one of the things that I say about people who get very interested in leaders, leadership, is they tend to find somebody who, who guides them that direction and explains the difference between managing and leading like you guys both brought up that point it's a needed distinction for sure right whether and i know you mentioned uh good grade is is a powerful book early on Mm -hmm. um were there any books in particular early on or any particular learning experiences early on that that helped helped you I I really I wish I could remember where I learned this principle. The the three books that you all have mentioned, I've read those and the, they were very influential in my life. And I try to read quite a bit on leadership. But there was a principle that I learned somewhere along the way for leaders that it's more important to be respected than be liked. And I realized that I had, and I think that that was a turning point for me from moving from management to leadership. Is if if you every day are worried about whether your team likes you or not, that's just a losing proposition. Oh, it'll, it'll right? eat you alive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But if you if you live and lead to be respected, it's a completely different relationship that you have with your team right. and and with other leaders too. Right. So I wish I could I could nail that down to a certain book. I can't recall where it was, but I remember that being. A distinct turning point in the way I viewed leadership. And I think Aaron's point's a really good one. It'll allow you. It allows that self doubt to creep in. Are you yeah. doing the right things? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like I, I have the same thing. Like you know, I know what my guys are capable of. If I ride them hard, it's because I know what they can do. Right. If I didn't think that they had the base cap, best capability to build a an, a nice piece of furniture that's going to last mm-hmm. way beyond I'm going to be alive, you know, I wouldn't even waste my time. But right. If I know that they have the capability of doing that, I'm going to, you know, the way it's almost kind of the way that I was taught, the way that I was brought up in this industry was the same way. You know, I'm I'm not one to I don't need a pat on the back. I don't need an attaboy because I if, if I'm not getting griped at, that means I'm doing a good job. And that's where my kind of fall in I, I need to do a better job at that. Um, giving because, feedback? Giving feedback, yeah. Because I, whenever, if, if my guys don't hear that words of encouragement, you know, it, it does. It gets demoralizing. If all they're hearing is me bitch at them sure. about something, you know, it, it makes them not want to strive to do it. But sure. that's just, you know, that's my fault because that's just the way that I was brought through this industry. And it works for me because I don't need attaboys. I don't need pat on the backs. I don't need good jobs but some people need just need that word of encouragement more than i do and that's just something that i need i've i've actually just started realizing that within the past maybe six months yeah. or so yeah i but, know we've had that conversation about 
understanding the type of person yeah. you're managing. Mm-hmm. And, and the funny part is I am one of those people who wants constant feedback, both positive and negative in mm-hmm. my performance. And Mike, I see Mike smiling because I think Mike is as well. I want to know, is, yeah. is, this, is this going the right direction for you? Right. And I, I do, in my, co- in my corporate life, yeah. I've had bosses who've been dead silent. I had a boss 10, 10 years ago who would call me once a month because he had to. And just and he would always say, you're doing a great job. And I, I would actually, as I hung up the phone every time, think, I don't know how you know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, well, the owner of our cabinet shop, you know, he's told me, you know, I'm not good at that either. So, you know, I'll try to do my best. And, I, and I've told him, like, honestly, I don't need you it. You don't need it. I was like, if you're not, you know, telling me I need to do something better at this, that means I'm... I'm, I'm good. You know, when you're bringing something to my attention, yeah, I'll, I'll take heed to it. I'll, I'll take the advice. But if you're not doing that, you know, it means I'm doing the job that I need to be doing. Assume that you would yeah. re- receive negative feedback. Yeah. Mike, are you, are one of those guys who needs feedback from, a, are you um, more like Aaron? I just like to, I, I like to be told I'm doing a good job just on, on occasion. Yeah. But you know, I had a, uh, and Tim knows him. Kevin Lamb was one of my my bosses, and I, I was running his sales organization. And he used to always say, "You have to save people from themselves." And so, to that to that same point is, you see the potential people have, and it's your job to draw it out of them. Right. Um, people, a good employee will work to fifty or sixty percent of their potential. A good leader will get seventy-five to eighty percent. You're never going to get a hundred percent. Right. Well, and and that's a that's a really good point. Um, that's a really good point. Tim, are you one of the? I mean, you, you're. Are you more independent, like Aaron? Or are you more like, like me, who needs yeah. that feedback? I don't need it constantly. Um, a, a word of encouragement will carry me for six months. Okay. Um, I yeah. work. I work pretty much independently, but I like to know the kind of work that I do. Quite honestly, though, I get feedback pretty regularly just by the whether the, the things that I I write or my team writes is well yeah. received, or if it if they hit deadline or it's quality. Okay. So that that feedback's kind of built in. But I I was going going back to what Aaron said. I think that that, um, and I'm not trying to lead the conversation here, but no, just what Aaron was saying about realizing that his guys needed that, even though he didn't. To me, that's that's growing in leadership when right. you realize that not everybody wants to be led or can be led the way that you want to be led, 100%. and learning how to adapt to the different people mm-hmm. that, that well, and, you know that you that you uh, lead. And I, I was thinking about what what Mike said um, and Aaron's uh, learning comments and and your comments. I mean, my first couple bosses were. I had I had one or two good ones and a bunch of bad ones. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> they weren't they weren't horrible. I've had I've had a couple of horrible bosses, but yeah. um, but they weren't horrible. They just weren't very efficient IT guys because I'm more of an IT guy than and they get promoted to the point. And those guys, I mean, you want to talk about awkward folks? I mean, mm-hmm. you talk about they they don't. They don't. There's yeah. no feedback. There's nothing. They don't want. They don't want to look you in the eye. They don't give you a feedback. Yeah, they wouldn't be around. So, um, so you know, the first it was very. It was there were not a lot of good role models. Yeah. And and Mike and I were talking before the podcast. I was a bad leader initially. I was a control freak. Mm-hmm. I was detail oriented to the point where I was hurting the team. I had to. I had to have touch points on everything because I didn't trust anybody. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand. I, I jokingly say. 
I, you can't trust everybody. But I, I, I jokingly say in a very real way, I have people on my back on my team that I can turn my back on. And I don't mean that like I trust, like a, like they're going to betray me. Like I don't need to watch you do your job. You're so good at you. I trust you mm -hmm. to do that, and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I don't have to worry about the day to day. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I not only think about all the bad bosses I had. I think about how bad I was initially because I was not very good. See, and I, I get almost kind of I get kind of uncomfortable uncomfortable when I get praise just because I, I don't need it to continue on with what I know I can do. Like uh, the owner of the cabinet shop, he went on a cruise to Alaska for like two and a half weeks. So I had to, you know, with me being number number two, I become number one. He's doing all this stuff. You know, if there's problems awry, I take care of it, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. He comes back, uh, like in the, on the following, the money he gets back, he calls me into the office and he just wanted, you know, a, a debrief on what everything was. And so I tell him and then he slides this paper across to me and it's an email from one of our clients that wrote to him. And like saying, hey, there was an issue. Aaron took care of it, blah, blah, blah. And I was just sitting there and I was just like, oh. I was like, that's cool. But like, I just, it feels weird because I didn't, I've never had that. I don't need it. So it's just, it's, I almost get uncomfortable getting praised, I guess, or not. I don't know. It's just, that, I feel that, like, feel like we need to break that down for hours at yeah, a time. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to stop right I, now <laughs> and tell Aaron what a great job he's doing, <laughs> doing on, on the podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Let's go around the I, circle <laughs> right, yeah. and affirm Aaron. Because I'd frame it and put it on my damn wall. <laughs> because, um, because <laughs> unsolicited feedback like that is, is a measure of how you're doing. Yeah. That's, but like I said, I, for me, it's like, hmm. oh, there's no issues arise. I'm good. Right. But, but, and, and so that would be, I would struggle to learn that you don't, you you not only don't like feedback, but you get uncomfortable around feedback. It's not that I don't like it. It's just, it's it makes you uncomfortable it, it, because it's, you know, my parents will, you know, they'll say they're proud of what I've done. Mo will say something like that. Customers who are paying me for that service. I think that's where that, that line is you're supposed to do is that. different yeah like that's my job okay. is to do this for you so that's why i just and like i mean it happened and honestly it happens here you know brandon gets emailed or gets called from customers all the time and he tells uh you know doug or you know trover or steve when he was here stuff like that and like that's cool but like it's it's our the reason why we're tobacconist in a cigar shop is for that reason especially at west end here you know our one of our main things it's cigars almost come second because cigars can be bought online. You can't get that one-on-one -on -one relationship and that, that personality. That's why we're here. So, so that's, let me spin that a little bit for you just for a second. We'll take a minute on this. Somebody felt it got such a positive experience with you doing your job that they took time out of their life to comment on how well it went. Yeah. So you should just be flattered. It's just no. I mean, it is. Maybe maybe I said it wrong. I can't. It's flattering, but it just, just makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, it's just okay. like well, because can I weigh in? yeah. Because I th I think it's like I don't need a whole lot of feedback from my boss. Feedback I get is are whatever goals and objectives are they being met? Yeah, is my is my team doing those and are they involved in those? Plus, it's you're, you're doing your job and it's a job you enjoy. So I think it's a job you enjoy to a certain extent. You don't need feedback. Yeah. I mean, you know? did, did we come in on time? Did we come in under, under budget? Was there no mess ups? 
is my so are measure. my workers getting a bonus? Awesome. That I did. A, that means I did a I, I did what I needed to do. So your measurables are are in the in the financials or in the in the project details. Yeah, I mean, if I because sure. I mean the the, the product that, or the material that I work with isn't cheap. So if I don't have to buy yeah. it again, that means we got it right the first time and just so on and so on. So it's it kind might, of like mowing a yard. If you mow your yard, you know your like yard looks good. <laughs> <Yeah. Right. laughs> but in our business, where you where you're dealing with customers, you want that feedback because that that feedback is actually tells you a lot about the experience they had. Because it's not just checking boxes. Yeah, I, in our experience, right. it, in, at least in my experience, it's how you check the boxes. And, Are they? Yeah. Did you do it the right yeah. way? And did things go the right way? And that's that's right. where it's different with me because you know whenever the customer can come into their new house and they can and I can get a visual representation of their feedback right away. Yeah. That's I, I have that distinct okay, and if I see like this grimace on their face, I'm like. That right. wasn't what they want. Something, something's wrong. And that's where, you know, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I have to go in and take, you know, I got to take my lumps if I need to. Sure. But, yeah, that's where it's different when I can see an actual product as opposed to, you know, if you're editing a book, you know, and you, you know, you don't hit, get anything back feedback-wise for, you know, X amount of time. Right. I mean, do you think that's good because, like, oh, they've liked all the edits or they're, like, redlining everything? Yeah, in in that case, and maybe this is somewhat parallel to what you're saying, um, if I do a good job on that book, editing, and, and also interacting with the author, um, the feedback that I'm going to get is their recommendation to another author. Yeah. You know, yeah. hey, this, right. guy's, this guy's good, mm-hmm. he's, he's good to work with, that kind of a thing. So there, it's not all just pats on the back and attaboys. I mean, those are nice along the way, but a lot of it is just... Um, that your your work is recognized and others want to use your work. Absolutely. So like for you, Aaron, I mean, I and I haven't seen anything for a while, but you would occasionally post pictures of things that you were working yeah. on in the mm-hmm. shop and stuff, and it was just beautiful, you know? Yeah. And I just, I think, I get where you're coming from. There's a sense in which your work should speak for itself, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but some people need, and I do occasionally just need those words of, hey, you're, you're doing a good job and what you're doing matters. You know, I think it's more about, there's, I have I have a reason to be here, you know. Right. That it that it's you're both though live your your product ends with something physical. You end yeah. with a book. Right. You end with I, I don't. I right. end with uh, something electronic mm-hmm. and a resolution of a problem. Mm-hmm. And so the ironic part for me, what what truly makes me what I'm going for is that positive, yeah. a, uh, a, hap, a happy customer is sometimes the only way I know that is yeah. they provide yeah. that feedback to me. That was handled the way I wanted to. I don't necessarily say you handled that the way, but that was handled the way I wanted to. And well, and In I some th- ways, that, that's yeah. just the difference of the gig. I think, too, as a, as a leader slash manager of a team, which I don't direct a team any longer uh, as of December, but um, when my team members the, I would get, accolades for their the quality of their work or whatever yeah because i when i when i took that team over uh several years ago i remember saying to my boss if they're not better writers a year from now that's on me it's not on them yeah right and so and i held myself to that and and most of them did get better and and that that to me was a measurement of whether i was doing my job was how they were performing yep Yeah, and I think it's, I think you, as a leader, you have to be engaged with your team and recognize when those individuals need 
positive feedback and, and a little attaboy. Um, you know, maybe you've got a, a salesperson that makes their goals, makes their numbers every month, and for two months they don't. Well, now you can sit down and have say, hey, what's going on in your world that mm. yeah. has changed? Right. Why? What? What's going on? And 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 what can per- we do? personally, and not you know, because a lot of times it's personal. Right. 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 Yeah. Time at work or, yeah. or something going on in the house or, or something physically with them. Mm-hmm. So the the one thing uh, that I is as we go through what gets you interested. One of the things that I had, I think. Uh, someone recommended besides good to great, which was actually the company I worked for at the time bought every employee of that damn book. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then um, they went from good to um, bought by another company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, um, and, and if I got an old, a bunch of old Franklin life employees, they're laughing at that at this point. But, uh, and then I had a boss buy me the, the John Maxwell books, John mm-hmm. C. Maxwell or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I got into those and that's where I started learning about that. I'm not, uh, and I want to be clear on this cause we're going to talk later about our favorite learning sort of, f- he fell out of favor with me cause they're all sort of listy. Mm-hmm. You read the first one. I'm not a big Maxwell guy anymore. Early on, uh, he was interesting. Mm-hmm. I went at this, about this, uh, little bit after this, I went and got my MBA and, um, there was a class in there where they, they discussed the difference between management and leadership. Right. right. Maxwell really doesn't talk, didn't talk, didn't help me on that. But, um, I did read all of the Maxwell books initially, you know, seven, you know, traits of a leader, seven, uh, effective ways to run a meeting and all those goofy books. Right. There were always seven. They were the <laughs> same seven. So I'm being somewhat, I, I shouldn't, you know, the, the, they actually helped early on. I just, I, I don't, I'm not in that club anymore. Um, and I, 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 although I thought they were pretty good early, they, they sort of, they <clears throat> talked about self-discipline and some of those things that, that I think are, are important. But that was the other thing I had on my list. Um, are you are you all, I'm going to quickly go around the room. I'm always a self-improvement guy. I, I read a ton of self-improvement books. And about every third one sticks with me, and about the other two, I always go, that one's full of crap. Mm-hmm. But are you? Do you do a lot of reading on the self improvement front, just aside from leadership, like um, organizing your time, or or any of that sort of how to do crystals in the mountains? I, 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 I don't know if this would fall in the self improvement or the leadership role, but the the book that I've read a couple times. And it's probably the, my favorite one to fit the subject is by uh, Susan Cain, okay. uh, Quiet, um, The Power of Introverts in a World That Won't Stop Talking. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm. it's, I'm, I'm, I'm a personable person, but when it comes down to... You're introverted. Yeah, I, I say I am. Um, Mo disagrees. You know, I, I, I don't think of introvert as... Um, like talkative or outgoing or personable, you know, I think of it as, you know, I, if I am in a subject and I do have something to say, I've chosen my words carefully and it's just not to hear my own voice. It's so that book just kind of sticks out with me. Uh, uh, Susan Cain. Susan Cain. Mm -hmm. Interesting. How about you, Mike? You a self-improvement guy? 
I, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, as you and Tim know, I like to have conversations. And so my, uh, I guess, priorities kind of changed when I turned 50 years old three years ago. I was sitting with a friend of mine and smoking a cigar, and we're about the same age. And he said, you know, realistically, our life is two-thirds over. How do we want to spend the last third of our life? And so that that kind of changed my perspective. I started thinking more, I guess, long-term and how, what, what I needed to change in my leadership style. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. How about you, Tim? Yeah, I probably actually do more reading in, along those lines in actual leadership. I read the occasional leadership book, but I, I do read a lot of self-improvement. Uh, a lot of biographies actually t- as well because I just in sure. fact I just finished reading uh, Steve Martin's biography Born Standing Up nice. because he's been so successful in his career and I'm thinking okay this is and communication's a big deal to me sure and he started uh, started his career as a magician at uh, Knott's Berry Farm in California or something like sure. that <laughs> you know and did years of stand-up comedy and he talked about how he uh, I forget ex- the exact line, but like spent 10 years doing stand-up comedy and then spent the next 10 years like learning how to do stand-up comedy. Sure. Um, so you just pick up pearls like that when you read biographies and stuff. <laughs> so so I, I try to read that kind of thing. But how to be more efficient as well as effective, those types of things. Sure. Time management, communication, that's obviously a, a big deal. So, yeah, I spend a lot of time reading those types of cool. Books. I'll let Tim read the books and then he tells me what I need give, to give do. Give the notes. <laughs> well, that's one of the things I love about our conversations because a lot of times it it is it's either something that came up right, yeah. and, and yeah. usually it is that something that came up in our workaday world, or something that we read or heard um, that just sparks a thought, and then we kind of hash it through together for yeah. hours. For hours, yeah. <laughs> we so think we're smart, you know. We do. <laughs> well, you guys have given me really good advice. I mean, I know I've leaned on you a couple times couple 50 times to, <laughs> to talk me through a problem so well we're i'm getting uh, yeah i'm getting in the second second of this cigar <laughs> um, a little shout out to the uh, yeah. lcc episodes there you go All right. yeah so uh as you take control of the leadership side it's my turn to take control of the cigar side yeah. you know since we are 40 percent cigar talk <laughs> <laughs> um so this one uh so the one we're doing is a back-to-back limited edition 2019 uh by urban artists it comes in one size it's a seven by 52 torpedo um now the only thing that i've seen that kind of counter uh, contradicts itself is the actual blend itself it's a re- ecuadorian connecticut wrapper i've seen in a couple of different places about half and half ecuadorian connecticut binder uh, USA Connecticut binder. That's the one that differ- differentiates. And then the filler is uh, Nicaraguan and Peruvian. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Dominican and Peruvian. Dominican. Um, there is another one that says Dominican and Nicaraguan. So there's two different things out there. But the Peruvian uh, Dominican filler is the one that I'm seeing the most of. Um, so I'm going to go with that. I can't actually find yeah. anywhere on their website that shows it. Um, but this one comes in a cool little stand-up case, like graffiti all over the outside. Fancy. Um, so you are New York. It's uh, the Urban Artist. It's a really nice. Uh, they're they're hooked they're hooked up with uh, with Davidoff. So the ones that we have the, uh, um, uh, kind of like the real decorative cans uh, in a, in the humidor. Nice. Uh, you know, the back to back. The other sizes really big white boxes with nice graffiti all over it that it's a if you if a box if you're looking for a cigar with a box that catches your eye it's one that definitely stands out in the humidor 
all the time. Um, cool. But this one, it comes in little stand-up cans, and like I said, one size, 7 by 52 torpedo. Um, if you want a nice creamy creamy cigar with a little bit of spice to it, um, this is uh, this is one right up there. So uh, no, no spice for me, but getting some creamy, mm-hmm. definitely. What are you guys no getting? No spice for me. Spice. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. In fact, and you so guys, I'm the only one got spice, huh? Yeah, you guys <laughs> laugh at me about mild, but this is like a super mild cigar. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is. Mild cigar. Yeah, it's it's milder even so than I would normally smoke. I get a little spice off that retro. Yeah. Also, do you, do you retrohale? No. No? Uh, I know you don't. Do you retrohale? I, yeah, I did earlier because okay. I, I was re- waiting for the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you've been on here before. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But no, this is a good one. You know, after you know, for smoking, this is my eighth cigar of the day, and this is the lightest by far. Um, you can still taste a real nice balance. Wow. It has, you know, creaminess, a little bit of uh, like a, a cocoa flavor. Yeah, it's nice. It's really, really enjoyable. Yeah, it would. It definitely would not be my eighth cigar of the day. If, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this is one to start off the day with. You yeah. know, a cup yeah. of coffee nice or whatever. Coffee um, be good with coffee. Yeah, it yeah, would be. It would be. Yeah. Um, it's it's nice. It's a little spongy, um, um, but I, I like it. Yeah, I, I like I like a looser cigar like yeah. this. Yeah, like a uh, Room One Hundred Ones, the the Johnnies. They're they're a spongier cigar. I like I like cigars like that. I like because the 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 airflow and the draw is going to be. Really loose, really nice, but it's I'm not shut down. There's too many jokes to tell there. And I don't know where to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna sit here alone, <laughs> just listen. Gonna let that go. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's. I mean, it's burning beautifully. It's got a nice band on, nice big wide band. Um, it has you know, it looks like it has the New York skyline graffiti wise, uh, and then limited collection or limited edition. I can't really. Yeah, limited edition in script. So yeah, it does. It's pretty banned. Um, black and gold, very nice. Yeah, the uh, it has like a like a uh, like a manhole cover. Um, that's what the main logo is. Um, so it's a it's a really interesting cigar. I don't I haven't seen a lot of these out there. Uh, I know in the luxury club a couple months ago they ha- they gave a back to back Connecticut. It wasn't this one, but just like kind of their standard one. And it's uh, it kind of brought me back to like all right, yeah, that's a, actually a really good nice. Connecticut. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So uh, the the question I'm going to ask next is um, it's, I'm going to add a twist to it because we pre-gamed this a little bit uh, every, uh, to, to show the sausage being made. But I'm going to ask you, I'm going to go, we'll start with what kind of leader you are and how, has, how, how have you progressed to that leader? And so, um, Aaron, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, no, yeah, you go ahead and take okay. that one. So I'm a collaborative leader. Um, I, um, and there are people who do not like working for me. Um, and I just openly say that. Um, people who don't want to, so I have a leadership team. I, I manage a team of 25 people. Um, and I've had people who just don't like working with me. And that's fine. Not a ton, but fun. And I have a leadership group of that that is um, four other individuals and when we solve problems, the, the really hard, complicated ones, um, uh, we, I'm, I'm collaborative. And when I sit down to mentor my individuals, and I, um, I'm, uh, I describe my overall style as I want to sit down and talk with you. I'm like Mike. I like, and, and like you, Tim, I want to have a conversation. And so I talk about, hey, what, what were you thinking in this meeting? What, were you, what was going on in your head? What were you thinking? Where were you going? Um, one of the things I've learned is 
I quit questioning as much individual decisions unless something was horrible and that I needed to fix it. Um, that I quit worrying about those individual decisions and that my one-on-one is really more about conversation, about what were you thinking, let's talk through here, have you thought about this, what were you doing, the mentoring time, and less about managing time. And so I, I describe my style as collaborative. Um, I don't tend to send a bunch of really super wordy emails. I tend to be an informal leader, a very casual leader. There's times when you have to write stuff down and be very formal. Um, I tend to uh, delegate easily. Um, that's something I had to learn over the, the time. And so when I started, I was the exact opposite. Emails would go out weekly with assignments, details in them. I managed. I wouldn't let people release without my review, and I was, uh, I was in the way. And the problem is with NIT, I was a pretty good developer. I wasn't a great developer like my wife is, but I was a pretty good developer. And I got promoted because of that. And I thought that being a leader meant that you did that at a higher level. And so I had to, to transition from being a control freak to understanding my job was to mentor and build young people within my team, get out of the way and at times step in and lead part of the project is a different so um so the two <coughs> i'm going to say that my style is collaborative mm -hmm. um i prefer to sit down and have a conversation with three people as to to do something overly formal just have a quick conversation um, i also believe in reoccurring sort of collaborative conversations about mentoring um, i'm a supportive leader in the fact that i um, the, uh, I give feedback all the time. I, I always say a review. I start every review I've ever given, and not ever given, but I've given over the last 15 years with these words. If you hear anything in here today, in this review that you have not heard throughout the year, then one of us should get fired. <laughs> because either I haven't provided you the feedback or you're not listening. And people get will go sideways on that. Yeah. I've had a couple of people go, well, what do you Makes mean? Makes a pretty intense discussion. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the point is, I provide feedback 24-7, 365. When I'm sleeping, <clears throat> I'm providing feedback. Yeah. Because to me, feedback is a constant loop. And so I'm not one of those people. It, and it, it's 80%, 75% positive. I like the way you did that. like the way you did it. It's not, now, it's not like I'm not throwing a parade with, like, confetti. Yeah. It's like, that was well done. Well, you and I, we, we both work with time-sensitive material. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm a very list-oriented person. Um, at Friday, I'll make a list of what I know I need to talk about on my Monday morning meetings. You know, I'm the first one at the shop, you know, at a little bit before 6. I'll get the Monday schedule worked up, but then start looking long-term for the week um, of what needs to be done. You know, and I, like you said, you're a delegator. That's where I, I fall in line with it as, you know, delegation side. But I won't delegate anything to anybody that, A, I don't think they can do, you know, properly. If I delegate it to you, you know, I have the faith that you can do it to, your, to the best of your ability. Or, B, I'm not going to give you anything that I myself would not do myself. You know, you know I, with the pay scale, with the structure 
there's some people that think the more you get paid, the, the less you have to do. With me, I know that I'm getting paid X amount. So I am expected for me to lead by that example of I'm getting this. I expect myself to be able to do this to show said guys sure. you know, how, to, how to do it the best way. But, but the list is the main thing with me. I'm always making a list on what needs to be done, seeing where time sense of material can be shaved, what can be pushed. You know, if it gets to the point where I have to piss somebody off, I have to like, all right, who is going to be pissed off the least? And then I'll make that decision from there. And then I'll, you know, I'll go and I'll go in that direction. I won't, I'm not going to feed anybody to the wolves because at the end of the day, if I say this is going to be done at this time, you know, it, it falls on me first. And then once I get my lumps, then I can, you know, go talk to my guys, be like, all right, what happened? What didn't we do to get, you know, to get to this point? Okay. Tim, sir, what kind of leader are you? Well, <clears throat> I appreciate you sending the question in advance because I had to think about that one. And as you know, I'm a word guy, so uh, <laughs> I had to narrow the list down. I'm going to kind of back into my answer. Okay. About um, two years ago or so, and I don't even know why I did this, but I thought I just need to lay down some some track for myself about how I'm going to lead a team. And I ended up making three promises to my team. I, I promised them that I would give them clear direction, that I would get out of their way, and that I would stay available. That's okay. kind of the way that I've, I've led since and realized that that really was kind of the way that I was leading even before I made those promises. But it just helped me um, stay on track and um, just you know try to be a consistent leader. So with those things in mind, as I thought about, okay, so what kind of a leader then did that make me? Uh, the first word that I thought of was attentive. I think that I, I'm a pretty attentive leader. I think I tried to, to maintain an awareness of um, what the strengths and weaknesses uh, were of each, of each person, of what their current load was, tried to pay attention to what they were best at or where they struggled. And if it was a, a struggle that was born out of just inability, they just didn't have that tool in their bag, sure. then I wouldn't give them that kind of assignment anymore. Okay. And everybody has those, right? Sure. Uh, and, and, but I would try to give them the things. I wouldn't necessarily try to give them all things that they like and enjoy and shine sure. at. But if you see that, okay, you've got it in you to get better in this area, I would still give them sure. those kind of assignments. So I, that level of, of attentiveness I always try, which in a creative um atmosphere that's that's pretty necessary right sure um i also think i'm a pretty compassionate uh leader now that may come as a shock to uh, everyone in the room <laughs> yeah. but but i i think i am i tend to to see you mentioned earlier mark that i i've generally worked in a nonprofit organization of christian um, organizations um i have pretty pastoral kind of approach to even my friendships quite honestly but people that that worked with me um i can't be everybody's friend, but I tried to be friendly toward them. I tried to maintain an awareness of, um, you know, what their struggles might be, you know, sure. not to get all up in their business, but to just sure. be compassionate. And even in the, when there were times and there have been plenty when I've had to meet with somebody in a corrective kind of a, sure. a meeting still to try to show some compassion to them. And I've had to let a couple people go. 
Um, so it doesn't mean that you shy away from the hard things, but there is a no. compassionate nature to it. But I think the um, probably the the, the biggest uh, uh, hallmark, if you want to call it that, of my leadership is I, I tend to approach it as a coach. Um, again, in the creative field, my goal is to help them get better at what they do. So even when I got the new role that I did a couple of months ago, the organization that I work for, um, said, you know, we're, you don't have to manage anybody anymore. We want to give you a little more autonomy to do writing and that kind of thing. But we still want you to be a coach for our new writers and for our current writers, sure. for that matter. Uh, because that is something that I like to do. I enjoy doing it. Sure. Um, so not just doing workshops with them, but even coming alongside the individuals and helping them get better. Because there, I think that there are fewer things more motivating to a person that for them to see that they can do better work, sure, and then doing better work, well, and be given given some some giving some guidance as, exactly. as to how to be better. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they just need somebody to to sit with them. Sometimes, literally, but but metaphorically, hey, I can talk to Tim about this. I can yep. go into his office and he can help me. He'll think out loud with me about this. How yep. should I approach this or whatever? Sure. So I think that's probably probably the biggest characteristic of my leadership is I approach it as uh, as more of a coach. Okay, that's in the creative field. That that feels like that's an important part of that because I you're agree. you're trying to make people be more creative, right? To, to oversimplify. And there are several writers that have worked for me that are better writers than I am, and I take that as a win. You know? Right. There was a time when I, that I would no, be sure. threatened by that, but yeah, now yeah. it's like, man, I'm really, I'm really happy. Well, when you talk about the growth of the leader, that's one of the things that when you grow as a leader, finding yourself being more comfortable around people, great leaders mm-hmm. are not only more comfortable, but they are enthusiastic about having people that are great, sometimes greater than themselves. It's fun. Run. It's fun to see them succeed. It right. really, really is. It is. So, Mike, I'm going to turn to you. And I know uh, uh, I know you, you manage a different organization than, than Tim and Aaron and I do. Um, yeah. You what know, kind of leader are you? Mine have been, you know, running sales organizations. So, for me, I, yeah, I like processes. So, leadership is kind of a process. You, you put a vision out there. And then you create alignment to that vision, but any usually that means change is coming, and change produces friction. Hmm. And so you have to be sensitive to where that where that friction is. And that's one of my downfalls is I'm not always sensitive to that, or my approach is sometimes too heavy-handed. I think everybody's on board, and somebody's not on board. And sure. so, uh, but I think the vision and the uh, Alignment is important. If you if you have friction in the change process, then it's probably because you haven't communicated your vision clearly. Right. Do you? I mean, from I a leader, leadership point of view, do you do you find yourself more of a, a coach like like Tim, or are you more of a like a task driven uh, delegator like Aaron, or are you? I mean, you know, it depends. I I, I tend to look at the individual. So if somebody needs a task I, I don't i don't mind doing that i don't i don't get necessarily like to do that but um you know i remember a rep that i had in chicago and chicago was a very important area for us but i just i could just let him go and he i never had to check on him he was always very proactive in communicating with me 
Hey, mm-hmm. here's an email on this. Here's what I did today. Yep. Um, so, so you sounds like you're varying your style based on you. You've, yeah, you I try guess. to. Right. I also know because you and I have talked about this. You're a big you. You ask a lot of questions. I do ask a lot of questions because <laughs> you ask me a lot of questions. He asks a <laughs> lot of questions. I, I assume that's not personal to Mark. Um, I mean, that's part of your leadership style. I guess. Yeah. I think so. You know, some of that came from a book that I read when we opened the pawn shops uh, called Smart Moves by John Thedford. And leaders ask questions. That's one of the things he says. Cool. And, and you, I mean, you ask good questions. So, I mean, I'm, one of the things. Uh, sometimes. That, no, I mean. There are dumb questions. <laughs> there are dumb questions. There are, there are dumb I answers. Mean, yeah. <laughs> Probably more dumb answers. I, I've, I've heard the answer. Uh, the dumb questions are when you know the answer to, and I, I somewhat disagree with that. If you're asking a question that I already know the answer to, but you're trying to make the other person think, there can be reason. I know the answer to this mm-hmm. question, but I'm asking you a question to get you start thinking. And a lot of times, from my leadership style, what I'm trying, when I'm sitting down talking with one of my young leaders, because I have a very young team. Um, and I'm trying to get them to see something from a different perspective. Um, and I have, I have an operations manager who's my number two, like in Aaron's situation. He's my number two. And he's grown into that, and he's just so progressed in the role. But him and I will just be sitting there talking about a meeting that just happened, and I will have said something or taken it in a direction that he didn't see. And he goes, how will I ever learn to do that? And I said, 30 years of Medicaid. Right. I mean, a lot of yeah. experience leading these meetings. Mm-hmm. And I said, but let me, let's talk about why I saw this and then talk about the experience that led me to think about that. But I think the compassion part that Tim mentioned That's, is, is critical because if, if, if your direct reports know that you're, you want them to be successful and you're here to make them successful, then they're going to have a different approach. Right. Here, let, me, let me bring this question to the table. The three of y'all are... How's a proper way to say this? Old, dead, old, yeah, that's sexy. No, so have a lot the, of wisdom. The, the, the three of the three of y'all, whatever you're leading, leading in whatever department you're covering, you are going to be the older, more, uh, you know, well-established demographic. With with me, I am the youngest in my shop. So, it's but nice. but I have four people who are under me that are twice my, almost twice my age sure. or that's where it gets, it gets tricky for me because I'm to, to them. They see me as who's this young kid coming in here telling me how to do it. But at the same time, I have that mentality of I've been doing this longer than you. I just happen to be younger than you. And so, that's just where I, I don't get a, I, the, the Irish in me, doesn't come out, but it's like the inside of me. I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, so couple, I know what I'm talking about. When I started, I managed a team where I was the youngest person on the team. Now they weren't all double my age. I, I, I don't want to say I don't want to say double, but, but at but least everybody was at least there. Everybody else is at least fifty, and I'm thirty. So fifteen years older than me. And they and they had bo- uh, two people in particular had managed their systems for like twenty years, so yeah. they knew, they had a ton of experience. Um, and so it's a challenge, right? But part yeah. of what um, I had a boss, one of my good bosses early, he said, um, it matters to you, so it matters to them. Yeah. G- 
get over it. You're the leader on this team and just act like you're the leader on this team and relax into your leadership and they will settle down yeah. because when you're 60, you're going to be following somebody in general yeah. who's younger than you. That's the yeah. way that works. And, and I think Some that's people where, like, are going to have a issue with, but most people, if you show competence and you're steady, yeah. are going to are going to think about your age for about ten seconds and then go, "Yeah, Aaron's got it going on. I'm fine." And then they're going to quit thinking about it. And I think that's mentality I had to physically change with me from like what Tim was saying. You know, I'm not going to make everybody like me. I think I, I think everybody should like me. I think I'm awesome. But in this role that I do, I know I'm going to ruffle feathers. I know I'm going to, you know, do something or say something that you're not going to like. But I say that and, I, and I'm going to, you know, whatever I tell you, you know, I'm doing it because I know, I know what I'm doing and I know that you can do what I'm showing. There's a good picture that I have on my Instagram. It's like it has a picture of a boss behind a desk with three guys pulling the desk. Right below it, it's the same picture, but it says leader. And the guy, the you know, the, the boss guy, he's in the front pulling the th- the three guys right. instead of like behind them with the with like the the whip. Right. Well, and I think I'm going to choose a different word than compassion. I I think uh, compassion is part of that. Um, I, I don't like the word, compa- I'm going to take sort of ombridge with that word in this, in this setting. because Go com- ahead. Argue with the word, Smith. I am. Yeah, I'm, going to, that's not, I'm, I'm here to learn. Um, I'm going to use the word empathetic mm-hmm. because I think it is understanding where people come from that mm-hmm. gives you the ability to show empathy for what they're doing. Um, and maybe those are close enough words, but the fact is... You can understand where they're coming from, and it's still not acceptable, and you still need to address it in a corrective action mm-hmm. type situation. Mm-hmm. But that empathy as a leader, um, which you both, I, I'm sure, have in spades, that when you progress as a mature leader, that ability to to empathize or connect with somebody is a big part of leadership. Empathetic is not usually a word that people use to describe me. <laughs> yes, but but Aaron, I, to your in your situation, sometimes they just want to collaborate, like Mark said. Yeah, they just want to weigh in. Yeah, and the the other thing is if you listen and you give a good reason, because the fact is you have more experience than they do. Yeah, and they they're quickly going to know that right. because it's obvious. You have the competence, you have the experience. They're going to know that. And the fact is, they just sometimes they just want to know why you're doing it the way you're doing it. Um, like my operations manager, who 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 will afterwards will say, "Saw where you went. Explain to me why you wanted to go there." And then we sit down and have a, sometimes a fairly detailed, long conversation about what I was seeing and why why that. And he goes, "I don't think I will ever learn that." And I said, "You will learn that faster than you think." Yeah. Because you, you're you're listening to the room. You're paying attention. And, um, and so, you know, that's when you do that, that's, that's the challenge. Well, and what you just, what you just described, I think is compassion, empathetic, whatever you want to say. Um, I'm not going to hold that tightly to that word, um, (laughs) is that leaders, I mean, we're still growing and developing and learning things, right? Mm -hmm. And we can't see every question as a threat. Not every question that even sometimes when it is a naysayer and we've all got those on our teams. Yep. Um, 
all questions aren't a threat to our leadership. And I'm not saying that that's, I know that's not what you're saying, Aaron. I'm not picking on you about that. But, but there are difficult people that we have to lead, yep. right? But sometimes they're, to, to Mike's point, um, they do, even if you stay with your decision, I, I know for me, there's a big difference between really feeling like my boss heard me yeah. versus didn't listen, even yeah. if the outcome is the exact same. I remember going back to one of my bosses, uh, this has been five years ago or so, as he, he was retiring, and I told him, I said, I always felt like you listened to me, yeah. even when you didn't agree with me or whatever. And I wasn't trying to undo any of his, his decisions or anything like that. But if I had something that I thought was worth considering, um, I would bring it, bring it to him, you sure. know. And, uh, I, and sometimes he listened, and, and I've done that with people that I'm leading. Um, sometimes they have better ideas. You know, one thing that I think is easier with what I do on a day-to-day basis is a lot of the stuff that the three of y'all do is behind closed doors. You know, you're doing it through email. You're doing it through other avenues. With me, I... I get to lead while people visually see me. If if I have a cart full of raw product mm-hmm. and I tell my guys, we're going to get this done, yeah. and they see me start busting ass and I'm rolling, it kind of it, it lights the fire underneath them a little bit as opposed to, you know, whatever avenues that y'all have where it might be, you know, the not not a a directional. It's right. I I can you get that more visual aspect. Actually, though, I, I will I'll disagree with you to a point that I I do very much little of my leadership by email or out, I, most of mine is face to face. Face to face, okay. Mine too. Is. Um, I, because I think in this we so live. You're wrong. In a, yeah, well, I'm also not in your field, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Listen to the young guy tell us what we do. <laughs> I literally just <laughs> <talked> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm calling you out, buddy. You're a hypocrite. Well, that's no. your problem. No, um, <laughs> I do think. In fact, that's one of the things that I try to do is, because we live in a pretty impersonal world. Yeah, we do. Um, so I think anytime we can be personal in in a in a appropriate sense, obviously. Yeah. Um, that we should, because, you know, I'll get, I'll leave my, I'll leave my office and go to the cube farm where, where all of the minions work and I'll, I'll go to their, I'll have meetings in their cube rather than have them come to my office. See, and I I think that's where people, I don't know if how it feels with y'all, but it's almost like if I'm out there and I'm doing that, it's almost like they're being watched. Like I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to seem like I'm standing over them. Or if I'm yeah. trying to show them up, whenever we hi- whenever I hire somebody on, because you know the owner of the shop is in the is in there, and he always brings me in, and we're talking through, and I'm I'm usually just sitting in the back and I'm just listening. I'm listening mm-hmm. to, you know, I look at the resume because you know I the people I, with what I do, it's a very niche thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I I tell people, you know, I don't expect you to be as fast as me because I pride myself in just how quick I am. I know that I, I, I pride myself in how fast I am, how the quality that I produce. I don't expect you to be as quick as me, but I do expect you to be as quick as you can be. Exactly. And as, and as I, I will take accuracy over, you know, speed any day. Sure. Well, cause accuracy inaccuracy in your business is, is money yeah right. because it's also sure. because you have to redo it and it's more material more material so 
speed. I don't care about speed. I just want to, I, you know, but that's where I kind of fall in because I, I almost, ex- I think, or I expect people to be on, to be as fast as me, but that's just the realization that I've, you know, just recently come, come to that. I, you know, it's not going, it's not going to happen. And that's where, clone yourself. yeah. And I, that's where my problem with, with this lies, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fault of my own. You know, and it's something I'm learning from. So, I mean, I do a lot of my leadership in person, mm-hmm. although obviously this. Oh, so I was wrong all the way across the board. Right. Then. All right. Well, so <laughs> turn his but, mic off. But, <laughs> uh, but I mean, a lot of that is because um, just the nature of being in an office. So it's very easy to go. Yeah. And I don't, I, I mean, I intend, when I go to those moments, I'm going to somebody's desk, but I'm not, not asking about tasks. I'm asking about. I'm, I'm making it less about me looking over their shoulder, mm-hmm. more me checking in. Right, how are things right. going? Yeah. How are you doing? You know, you know, in this coronavirus thing, you know, start every mm-hmm. conversation with how are you and your right. family doing? Right. How's everybody doing? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's showing that compassion, right. you know, and just acknowledging the concern everybody has. This is a scary time, right? right. Show that. and. Um, part of a leader is, you know, you you, met, you both mentioned uh, compassion and uh, empathy, uh, as I think of it, um, but that connecting with people on a personal level. Well, you both and that's, can be wrong. I'll be quiet now while you guys can consider <laughs> your answer. Well, and that's really why, again, I use the word compassion. Um, that The reason that I even brought that up in the first place was because there's this idea out there that there's a hard and fast line between a person's personal life and their work life, and that line just doesn't exist. That's, no. that's fictional. Now, I realize that there are rules and regulations and laws, and we shouldn't be in people's personal business. No. I'm not talking about the inappropriate nature. But the fact of the matter is people live within the context of their home life, their personal life, their work life. That stuff's all wadded up together. Sure. And, like, excellent example, Mark, of the of the... COVID-19 moment that we find ourselves in as a world right now it's a high anxiety moment for right. everybody yeah. and people don't check that at the door when they show up to work right no so yeah yeah you just can't it's not so that on top of all the other personal stuff that's going on with sure. them and they they carry that with them and sure you know yeah. and a lot of it's how you present it you know at the pawn shop so you know we're dealing with um you know, fourteen, fifteen dollar an hour employees, which are are there. We treated those very important because we wanted if somebody hired them, we wanted the, their new employer to say, "Hey, where'd you learn this?" Yeah. Well, the pawn business, but it's also how you present that. So we had a at all of our stores, we had a yellow line at the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people thought it was a caution for the door stop, but um, it was actually an employee line. And so we presented it to them as once you cross that line, you're an employee. You're an employee. Hmm. This is a safe place. You don't have to deal with any of the outside world hmm. unless it's an emergency. Obviously, those come, sure. come up. Things come up. Kids call when they get home from school and such. But we made it a safe place. Sure. So no, that's good. I mean, it is, um, these are strange times. Yes, There's no are. question about that. And it's impacting all of our work. work. Um, so I'm sure it is with you and the transition yeah. you're going through, but Paula is struggling with having me home full time mm-hmm. and she's unhappy <laughs> with that. Um, and, uh, and so, I mean, it's an adjustment. So, yeah. but, and, and, you know, the funny part is, uh, 
not doing my one-on-ones and connections in person. Mm-hmm. I'm doing them yeah. on the phone and going yeah. out of the way, just making sure. But uh, the, uh, I found that uh, conversation. Thanks. And, and Aaron, you know, the funny part is you and I have had as much of these conversations mm-hmm. separately uh, about your leadership style and, and all that. And I think one of the things I'm going to throw out here, and I'd like to, in some point in the future, I know I'm going to steal a word from a friend of ours. Um, the key to being a good leader, I think, is being an authentic leader. And I think it's part of being a good human being uh, as well. Let's just not think about it. Sure. But be you. You be you. Yeah. seems like a stupid phrase. But the fact is, if Aaron, you're going to try to be Mark, touchy-feely Mark, which mm. is, um, I've had people describe me that way, because I'm going to ask about your kids and how mm. things are going, and I'm... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do things different than you are. Then that's not gonna be authentic, to Aaron. Yeah. And so you need to be authentic yeah. to you. We had this conversation yesterday about this, mm-hmm. about, about, um, about your style and, yeah. and all that. And and I always tell young leaders, figure out who you are. That's part of the deal. And then be you. Yeah, because now, I don't want anything to come if off. If you're a raging asshole, that's <laughs> probably you need to be working on that <laughs> yeah. in your personal life. But I. Community is very important there too. So you, somebody else can explain you to you. Yeah. Uh, to use. Well, and that, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to come off as fake and disingenuous because my style doesn't collab with, you know, everybody. Also, there's that fine line between, you know, saying it because you want to hear it or somebody wants to hear it or saying it because you actually you actually mean it. So my people hate because when I hire people, the first thing that I do is before I let them interview anybody, I interview them for a half hour. And uh, I'm just hiring somebody tomorrow brand new. Um, and even though I knew them, I interviewed them for a half hour and we went through the full <laughs> process. Aaron's laughing. Um, but I do this. I, for a half hour. Um, I can't wait I to hear all those stories when I get home. Yes, yes. <laughs> Somebody that uh, Aaron knows. And so, uh, um, but I, I want to make sure they're a match for, I build a team a certain way mm-hmm. because um, I think teams should organize a certain way. Mm-hmm. So if you, and I ask a bunch of questions yeah. about how you solve problems, about how you, how you take feedback, about how you deal with challenges, because um, I don't want cowboys on my team. Yeah. I want people who are collaborative. I yeah. want people mm-hmm. who who see a problem and if there's a shared mm-hmm. solution that they're picking up the phone right away and calling somebody else on the other side of the floor and say, I think we have a problem, see things as a collaborative yeah. or a shared responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. And, and, and so I want to know that. I know people who aren't that way. I don't have a problem with that. They fit in with other teams great. I just build a team in this collaborative way. Right. And that's why my, why my leadership style goes. Um, I had somebody who just um, left the company that I worked for. I hired 15 years ago. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the funny part is she she came in and she wasn't sure. And we worked on her leadership style. One of the first people, person I really mentored as, as I grew as a leader. Um, and, and somebody sent an email saying, you were really lucky to have this person. And I said, I was blessed. There's mm. no question. She's, first of all, has the biggest heart I've ever worked with. Mm. She has a, self of, uh, a sense of right and wrong that never fails her, has, has just such a genuine heart. And, and, and 
the lady who uh, we were both talking about in front of, which was Brood, commented and said, Mark taught me that. And I went, well, I'll be damned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's true, but I, you know, I, I, I teared up because you mm. just go, yeah. I was trying to impart some of that. Now, yeah. some people show up and you know this and they get it already. Right. And all you're doing is just whispering in your ear, your instincts are right. Trust your instincts. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you got the right read on this. Yeah. And some people you're going, listen, um, don't punch them in the throat. <laughs> 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 you got the wrong instincts yeah, on yeah, this. Exactly. Don't do that. Yeah. So, Well, this was your baby tonight. Um, yeah. I do want to add one thing, though, because I kind of touched on it. Uh, before we wrap up the show, you know, I, I said how I need to better myself and being a, a better leader. What is y'all's, what, what are something that you think you need to adjust or get better on and to be a better as, as, as a, as a leader? So I say this, uh, I'm going to start, give, give my two friends, sure. two friends <laughs> a, a chance to uh, think because this one's off script. We have one more question after this, but, um, I, I think it's follow through. So one of the things that I work extremely hard on in my life is when I say something, following through mm -hmm. on it, mm -hmm. writing it down, not mm -hmm. letting it slip, making sure that I follow through. As a leader, one of the things that I think is very important is when you say, I'm going to do X. You do X. Do X. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that I work very hard on is because... Um, is making sure that I understand all the commitments that I'm making. And one of the things Paula is extremely hard on, because I will say, hey, we'll catch you, whatever. And she, she thinks that I'm like writing contracts, and I think, hey, I'll catch you when I catch you, um, but trying to follow through on what I commit to. All right. Who wants to go? It's a long list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, I need to be more confident. I find myself sometimes being uh, soft peddling my decisions a little too much or explaining myself too much. That's where that's the dark side of compassion when you feel like you have to ease yourself into every conversation. Um, and I, I admit, you know, I'm, I've, I've got a lifetime of insecurity that I'm still wrestling with, and it matters more to me than it should that people like me. So sometimes I am probably not as confident and courageous in my leadership as I should be. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I'm, 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 I'm the same way. Do you like me? Uh, yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> because like, I've, I've always said, like, you know when I like you, if I'm hard on you, if I'm, if I'm like, poking at you kind of mm. thing, it's when I'm really, really nice. <laughs> right. That's, Mike, yeah. Mike, do you like Tim? I like Tim. Okay. So, Mike, what do you... It's been what, a good evening for Tim. What are you working on? Uh, I um, am probably going to surprise you a little bit. I'm probably a little bit too heavy-handed and not patient enough. Patience is one of those things, right? Yeah, I've heard it's a virtue. It is. I've heard it's a virtue. It is. I'm just not, I'm not and, seeing and it as much as you know, that, for other people it is. The, the heavy-handed part is sometimes I, I get so passionate about things and I don't explain them or the reason behind the, hey, what, this is why we're doing this, so this is why we shouldn't do this. Right. Slow down and explain yeah. all yeah. your thoughts. I come I, in and I just say, hey, this is what we're doing now. And right. Yeah, because you can see everything in your head. Right. They don't see Yeah, I can the see process. the end result. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you can see the steps of. Right. But not, yeah. yeah. 
And I've also been having the conversation with myself for about five days. And so I've run through a bunch right. of stuff. And so I'm shorthanding it out. I've, I've, I do yep. that as well. Yeah. So, and then I'm, I'm going to go with one last topic, which is um, how do you learn? What are you currently, where do you go to now for leadership? Reading, I advice. I go to you and Tim. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're, That's why you're lagging for so far behind. <laughs> right. That's, well, you're, we're not yeah. going to use your yeah, right. Right. edit everything out that he Because I, I know you both, um, I know Tim on the creative side, you've actually, um, I'm going to go with Tim first, but you there was a there's a creative guy who has a podcast. Yeah, I was a guy about, named Todd Henry, the accidental creative. He's one of my go-to guys for leading creative teams. He specializes in that and uh, he's just such a good communicator for one thing. So um, a, a few select podcasts, Todd would be, would be the main one. And I've read, I think three of his books. Um, I tell you, honestly, in addition to the obvious books and blogs and, and podcasts and things like that, I just try to listen. One of the things that I really try to do in my life is be a better listener. And I have learned a lot, and I'm not just saying that because you guys are in the room, but um, I've learned a lot just sitting here in this member's lounge, listening to conversations, especially Mark with you and Mike, and there are others, uh, Jeff and different ones that come in here. Sure. And um, I'm always fascinated by the different viewpoints. And I sit there and I think I would have never thought of that in a million years, but that's brilliant and it's spot on. Um, so I think Thank honestly, you. just be around smart people and shut up and listen to them. Yeah. That's what I try to do. Mike, for you, I mean, I, I... I like the collaboration just like that. You know, we hammer a lot of things out back here. Mm, we do. Um, but, uh, you know, the typical podcast, uh, I like Andy Stanley's podcast, Donald Miller. Uh, there's a great book out right now, Joel Mamby, called Love Works. Um, nice. That's, uh, that's been a big help for me in that patience part. Mm. Cool. Those are... Those are both good good answers. I I go a couple places. Um, I go actually. I'm a very technical leader at times, mm -hmm. so I go to HBR, the Harvard Business Review. Oh yeah. Um, and they. Um, so one of the things is from the leadership point of view. I, I love reading uh, a ton of different things, and mm -hmm. so uh, there's a ton of books out there. And I I just I'm not going to list any of those. You you guys have hit some really cool podcasts, but I'm going to mention the Harvard Business Review, and the reason is. Um, I live in Arkansas, which I don't know if you know is a conservative state, <laughs> and I have a lot of friends who are very conservative, and so um, <clears throat> what I get from Harvard Business Review is a lot of time different perspectives, and so one of the things I like about their articles, first of all, they're short and consumable. They come from a lot of times like in the hash Me Too movement and some of the other things where it's, it's, it's not a viewpoint that I get a lot of, right, right? right? Where I get someone else's perspective, talking about um, giving me some a different look at some things like mm, that. That's good. One of the things, um, especially, uh, you know, I've always said I'm a very, uh, I've, I, I work in Medicaid, so just so you know, and the, the I mean, I, I think I probably said that on an earlier podcast, and the client is is very gender female. The client is a lot of ladies. And I've always, um, for that reason, hired a lot of ladies on my staff because I believe your team should represent your client, right? Mm -hmm. You should look mm -hmm. like your client, right? That's a smart thing, I think. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I did that for selfish reasons because uh, I wanted to look like the client. I had a client <laughs> who was um, very liberal and um, somebody who I love, loved at the time and loved to death because she would tell me when I was wrong, uh, like in colorful ways, <laughs> and really enjoyed working with. And she said, um, she wanted the wanted my management to come in and said there better not be five white dudes sitting on the other side of the table and I tried to explain that to my management there were five white dudes who sat on the other side of the <laughs> table and she walked out and I tried to explain to my management why that happened and she they were upset and I went she told you told you and <laughs> I said this is what I've been talking about and listen yeah. listen <laughs> exactly um, and so I I said um you know, this is one of those things, but trying to explain to me, uh, the thing I like about HBR is they're trying to explain to me how to create a more um, welcoming yeah. work environment for everybody involved so that mm. it's more comfortable for everybody involved. And it's just, I, do, I don't think about that, right? Mm. I just assume everybody's comfortable like me. I walk into a room and I'm comfortable, yeah. um, but uh, trying to understand something. So HBR is the one I'm gonna use. They got some great articles and they have some goofy ones. Um, Aaron, for you, I know you're not uh, probably as uh, a bigger reader in this topic, but uh, so I actually get a lot of mine um, from your newest employee. Um, you know, Mo helps me out a lot because if I'm having an issue, you know, she comes from the corporate world where she is, you know, female a one, a minority two. And, you know, she smart, I mean, extremely smart. She is one of the smartest people I know in general, um, you know, and she has a presence about her that when she, you know, she has that confidence. She might need that little boost every once in a while. And that's, you know, I'll be a hype man if okay. I need to be. Um, but, you know, when she goes into a room, I know that she can own that room. And yeah. I, if I have an issue, if like, Hey, I'm, I'm having a problem with this. How would you handle it? It might not be the same problem yeah. in general, but you know, I can, I can get a little bit of direction, yeah. you know, from her, you know, yeah. right, right on face to face. You know, what I like is like, you know, we have a rule in our house where at the end of the day, you have five minutes to bitch about work because with me, like I've already lived, I've Mark already lived is. through the day once. I don't want to live through it again. Yeah. And I, so I don't, I don't usually talk about work because you know, work is work. It's I, I separate it yeah. uh, from, from the house, but she knows that whenever I do speak, you know, about That's that, I actually have an issue that I, I need help on. And so yeah. she, she gives me a, a good direction on which way to go. And it's, you know, she might not know that she's doing directly, yeah. you know, but I, I, I take heed with, you know, with what she says, you know, it, you know, I don't expect her to understand, you know, the carpentry side, you know, I'm having an issue with a client or a contractor or a builder or, you know, employees or, or whatever, but she has enough general direction of working under people and working over people that yeah. I know I can, I know whatever she says, I can, I can take something from that. Yeah. She's, 
Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of hinted at it, but uh, Marielle is starting with my company tomorrow, and I am uh, super excited about that. Uh, It'll be wife. really interesting if she asks for more than five minutes. No, she'll <laughs> yeah. be starting tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, she won't. Uh, I, we're all working she for her at home, so my operations manager is onboarding Marielle. <laughs> she's say, she's not going Aaron, I need 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes, yeah. 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 I, I hope. Hope she does not need 30 minutes tomorrow. <laughs> since all of if she stops coming up here, we're going to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, um, um, but she's super smart, and I'm, yeah, um, I'm super is. fired up to, to have her as part of the team. That's great. Um, she's a she's a she's a brilliant add to the team. Yeah. I jokingly say, and one of my persons on my team uh, cringes every time I do this, so I say it as often as possible. Um, what I do is build great teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the yeah. key to that, just because uh, you use the uh, New England Patriots model, is you uh, you get the right people who are smart and yeah. will take feedback mm-hmm. in your team, and then you invest in them. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that it works yeah. every damn time. And I think it's important to that compassion and empathy to also remember when you're as you're building teams that you're not just getting that person you're getting that person's their past bosses they've had yep. their their childhood their parents their, their husband, family their wife yeah yeah. Yep. yeah i mean it's the 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 time that stood out the most to me with, with of realizing of what i was you know marrying into and yeah. getting a family wise was you know one of the side projects that i do is i do sports broadcasting i ha- was having an issue with my spreadsheet i could not get the formula to fix to make everything cohesive and make it all right i'm like and i'm you know i'm in the kitchen and i'm just like cussing at the computer i'm doing something and she's like what's wrong i was like i can't get the stupid formula to work she was like oh let me see it so i take it into the bedroom take the computer and she just like whiz kids it like she's doing keystrokes i've never seen before and i'm like yeah like wow that is like you just straight up took that from me and just knocked it out of the park and i was like i cannot replicate that she's very good yeah so that's where i get she's strong buckle mine they uh yeah we're we're super happy as part of the team and you do get a lot a lot of people standing behind all of us you yeah you get Mm -hmm. that's that's important to remember and that that's the part of compassion that i think is important well, hopefully everybody has enjoyed this part of the the, the podcast. This is, you know, we're, uh, like we say, 40% cigars and 60% other stuff, uh, bullshit. Um, and so this was a conversation that it occurs regularly in the pie, mm-hmm. in this uh, cigar shop. Um, and so hopefully everybody's enjoyed it. I'd love yeah. to hear, in particular, uh, from the from the listeners about what kind of leader you are, maybe some resources that we didn't mention that I would love. Like Tim recommended, uh, uh, the, the book you bought on creatives. I bought one of his Mm -hmm. book, his first book is I I like doing that. Um, the podcast that you guys referenced, I have in my queue to listen Mm -hmm. to, um, so that I can, um, start learning more because to me, those are the kind of things, just some different perspectives right. that really help help give you uh, some insight. So, right. well, since we are, you know, forty percent cigar and we're finishing up on these, let's get our so last. This is the thoughts. third third. The th- uh, yeah, <laughs> the third third. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not the biggest Connecticut fan. Um, the few Connecticut's that I do smoke is like what your favorite one is is the small batch. That is just an amazing Connecticut. It's a great cigar. Um, this, I'm going to go home and smoke one of those. <laughs> you know, the, the, the back-to-back is a solid, solid Connecticut. Um, it's nice. It's a, it's a single note. 
It's mm -hmm. smooth. Yeah. It's creamy the whole way. Yeah. This is a great cigar to get on if you are just getting into cigars. You don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want anything to make you green, a little, you know, knock you on your ass or anything like that. But this one, you know, as a heavy, spicy cigar smoker, it's nice to, you know, you know, come back to this one and just yep. kind of reset the palate a little bit and then, you know, go from there because every once in a while you just need that nice creamy bomb just to, you know, you got your spice bomb and you got your cream bomb. It's just, this is what this one is for me. And this being the, uh, the back to back limited, uh, really, really nice. You liking this one, Mike? I am. It's not a small batch. But. It's not a small batch, but <laughs> how about you, Tim? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm done. I, I, it spoke pretty fast for me. It did. But it is, <laughs> it is, like I said, it is a super mild cigar, but it was good. So before we get to the question, I do want to tell everybody out there, or thank everybody out there, for um, the feedback on the last episode. Um, it was a particularly sketchy hard one through half of it. Um, so just thanks to everybody out there who reached out to me, reached out through Facebook, Instagram, Wasn't my personal. It was hard. Yeah, yeah. it was hard. Um, so just thanks um, to everybody uh, who reached out because that really, it means a lot. And hopefully, you know, if it helped one person, it was, you know, it. it was well worth it. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, uh, it, 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 it resonated a lot to me of why, you know, originally me and Steve made the show and why even whenever he left, you know, why I still want to continue it on. It's yep. because of listeners out there who actually, you know, uh, you know, like listening to what you and I have to say. And it, and it, and it really meant a lot because I wasn't sure how it was going to go. Um, I was a little yeah. hesitant, you know, when I finally loaded it up onto the uh, Internet. Sure. And it was going to go out there. But uh, it was exposing. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's it's uh, it, it was a part of my life that. Honestly, not a lot of people I did not um, know about, yeah. and they or they might have known, but they've never yeah. heard the story. I guess. Um, so I just I want to thank everybody out there for you know reaching out to me, and it it means and means a lot. And you know, like I said before, I love everybody out there who yeah. who, who takes you know an hour and a half out of the week to to listen to me just you know blabble. So well, I love you, brother, yeah. and uh, I know it's tough, but. Uh, um, like I said, I think it was an important conversation. Yep, so. yep, it was, and I'm, I'm glad I got out there. And again, like if anybody just needs to talk, I mean, shit, just reach Tell out us. to me. Yep, yep, yep. We've been doing virtual herfs, and I think we're going to talk yeah, about doing. Yeah, yeah, it's been really good. You know, I got on, and uh, we've been on the Discord a couple of nights with the uh, LCC group, and that's yeah, been really cool. cool. You know, getting some friendships being made out of that, and uh, just seeing a lot more people. You know, maybe, you know, like you and I, we find humor in everything in everything yeah. um so you know with all the shit that's been going on with covid with you know everything being locked down this is the one highlight coming out of it because it, it's Made forcing your friends. hand yeah. on on mixing things up yeah and it's uh, it's becoming really cool and it's going to be something that i i definitely want to continue on you know we're going to be on one friday night um with the viva la vida you know yeah. and I, i've been saving that cigar f to smoke for some time and Hell, just find like, oh, they're having the yep. the Viva La Vida guys on. Like, well, it's a perfect time to 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 do that. So, yep, I'm fired up for that. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks to everybody out there. Yep. Um, but now, million dollars, million dollars question. Okay. So you've been on this one mm -hmm. before. I can't remember what your question was, but I'm gonna assume you probably didn't take the money. I did not. It was something about. A basketball and oh, the basketball to the face. face right? Yeah. Yeah. I forget what you had to do to get so, it. So 
Mike, I know you've heard it just throughout yeah. the shop and everything. Yeah. So, but just to radiate the rules, you get a million dollars one time, but to get that million dollars, you have to take what's on the card. It only, you know, get the money one time, but it could be a year, it could be a lifetime. We don't know what the cards say. Actually, you know what? You do know what the yeah. I do know what the you do know what the cards say because yeah. I, I have cheated before. Well, because Norman, <laughs> this was that was the first time I've ever shown you. I usually don't know. Don't know. So I was like, "What do you think about this one?" He was like. Okay, yeah, I was going to do that. Because I'm a little worried because I know you're both sensitive. I, I love both of you guys a lot. <laughs> oh. And I don't want I don't want it to, like, you know. Yeah, we get. Don't want you to have yeah, to deal with something traumatizing. <laughs> I'm a pretty fragile guy. Yeah. I know. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. So, million dollars. But? Every time somebody recognizes you in public, a nude photo of you is leaked online. Nope. <laughs> so, Mike, who everyone knows in Little Rock, I mean, everyone. I mean, like, everyone. And who I don't want to see naked. I agree yeah. with Mike. He should not take the money. I've seen naked Mike get out of the shower. You don't want to see that. <laughs> I've seen Naked Mark, but I don't actually care. Okay. But, but there's a lot of people that know me. So, I mean, but the fact is I don't particularly care. Yeah. But I, I suppose it would kill your career at some point because there'd be so many naked. I mean, how, get out how, I guess, <coughs> the question. Be like on Pornhub? Uh, or just of, Imager or Reddit or, you know, the, st- the straight cut Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Or the company yeah. newsletter. Yeah, the company know. newsletter. <laughs> sent, <laughs> sent to my mother. Yeah. Um, YouTube. <laughs> I'm a no. no. I, I can't make this one work. Okay. No. I, I'm going to move to a cabin in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Tim? Oh, absolutely not. No, that's just a, that's, again, there are dumb questions. I think, <laughs> I think Aaron's a voyeur, though. So I'm saying, yeah, um, because I'm going to assume that NSA already has a picture of me out there somewhere. So is it on Imager or, it's, yeah, or right Twitter? I'm just saying somebody out there probably has it. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't care. I mean, I'll, you know. Want what you got, kind of thing. So. Somebody out there has a naked picture. <laughs> I've got a lot of questions. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not, yeah, I'm not even. I don't think get. About I don't life. get recognized in public a lot. I mean, when was when was the last time you're at you know Fresh Market or whatever, and somebody's like, "Oh, hey, Mark, or hey, Tim, or Mike." I mean, what was the last time somebody recognized you at somewhere? Today, I mean, I'm going to assume like <laughs> so it doesn't count here it, when yeah, I walked in here. Yeah, Mike like, said, no, hey, Mark. Like not here. I'm saying like out, like yeah, today. Okay, Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I don't get recognized a lot, which is funny because well, I'm very a naked picture. Well, because well, you got to think like I'm a very like I kind of don't blend into the crowd. Sure, I don't. St- I mean, I stand out, but nobody You're a really recognizes me. Yeah, so I mean. But every time you, every time you walk to the press box now for uh, football games, <laughs> I might have to says hi, Aaron. <laughs> Probably couldn't do those high yeah, school football games right. anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Hell, I don't know. You might not have high school football games anymore. <laughs> yeah, that might be true. Uh, I'm, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm, I'm you know, I, you always take. It. I, I don't always you took the take the basketball it. one because that I don't think yeah. that's that bad. I don't think that's I would bad. take the basketball one. Every time you stumble, you catch a basketball in the face. Yeah, that's I what it was. I yeah. don't stumble that much. 
See, I thought the same way. What was I? I, I stumbled uh, last you know, week. Your nose would break at some point, and then at some point your your cartilage would just begin to jam back. See, in here, here it would make me walk much more careful. See, here's what I said. <laughs> I'm always wearing a hat, so it's going to hit the hat first, no matter what. So it's going to deflect. So yeah, I'm taking the money. I you know we just we just mixed up two of the yeah we did <laughs> we did. Well, I mean we're talking about balls, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know this is a, uh, a a reoccurring segment. Is that the way we want to so describe we're gonna, it? I think leadership is one of those things yeah. that I like talking about, and especially if we get positive feedback. This is one of those things that I'd like to see come up, not like yeah. every episode, but every three months or so. Yeah, quarterly. I know we I know we've talked to we've talked couple months talked to a couple people, uh, some that we have on the horizon. Uh, one that we've had on here twice so far. Uh, Gary Lewis, you know, to everybody out there, he is a football player, a former football player. Yeah. But in here, he is, you know, he doesn't like to be called doctor. He doesn't. He is an edu- He, I mean, he is an educational yeah. doctor. I mean, so he has the roles in leadership. Um, a couple other people out there who we have on our, you know, on, on the radar who we want to you know, yeah. get in the chair and talk about. Because there's so many different avenues that you can go uh, with this subject. Yeah, I want to have a conversation with these guys about finding your authentic voice, about how determining what kind of leader you are, because I know we've had that conversation Mm -hmm. back here. Um, So I have some ideas for these guys, too. But uh, let us know if leadership is one of those topics that you enjoy. Um, uh, It's a topic that I enjoy, obviously. So, So, yep, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, this was great. Love both of you guys a lot. Uh, I one of the things COVID has taken away from me is the ability to sit down with you guys and have a cigar and, and uh, talk to my friends. And uh, I miss that. And hopefully we can all get through this okay, and and we can restart doing that. Yeah, so, yeah because I mean, so. when when we started the show, we said we wanted this show to be like if you just put on a microphone and you push record, and what happens in the you you get you listen you hear what happens in a cigar shop. This is what we talk about, you know, often, uh, you know, just not in the members lounge, but in the, you know, in the main lounge area itself. Yeah. So, and this is uh, what we wanted to bring to everybody. Yeah. But um, until next week, I believe uh, we'll actually, by the time this comes out, this will be the second episode uh, for this week. So we got two double episode week. LCC. Um, yep. Um, and, uh, oh, so also uh, we just hit 10,000 downloads. Uh, today, so yeah, thanks. Congratulations. So thanks to everybody out there for listening to us for ten thousand times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's uh, great. Yeah. That's absolutely. Great. So until next week, be the good. Later. Later.